<laughs> well, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, we had a mutual friend um, that has a band. And Christopher and I were both dating other people at the time. And I was engaged, and he was about to be engaged, and she kept telling us, if you ever break up, there's somebody you need to meet. And that was always in the back of my mind and everything. And so he ended his relationship, my relationship ended, and a couple months later we just met on Facebook. She introduced us. And so we kind of started talking and getting to know one another on there. And then our mutual friend asked us to come sing together at this place called The Cross. And so we went. And that night we sang a song that um, he had introduced me to. It's called Holy Wedding Day. And in the middle of that song, the way I describe it is if you've ever seen The Wizard of Oz, when Dorothy's in the tornado and she lands on Oz, she steps out and everything goes from black and white to technicolor. You know what I'll And that's kind of what happened for me in the middle of that song. And I knew that he was the man that I was going to spend the rest of my life with. And a year later, come to find out, that was when he knew about me as well. So the first time we sang together, it was called Holy Wedding Day. So our plan is to sing that song, Holy Wedding Day, when we get married. So that's kind of how we met. Thank you very much. You're welcome. <laughs> and who picked out the song? Um, I think Christopher found it first, and he sent it to me. Yeah, he did.
As you know, when we talked about this last week, the psalm was written by David, who was a shepherd and knew a lot about sheep and shepherds and knew a lot about his relationship with God. And when we get to verse 3, David had to be so thankful that God gave him these words because David needed these words. He restores my soul. If you know about the history of David, and you most likely do, David needed restoring once upon a time, didn't he? One of the things that the Bible does, it tells people warts and all, and David had some great days like when he slew the giant Goliath. And, well, he had some pretty bad days like when he walked out on the balcony and saw Bathsheba bathing and, well, you know what happened. And it was, it was bad. And his soul needed restoring. So like sheep, we all have needed restoring. There's an old English shepherd's term. It's called a cast sheep. We have a picture. They're on your bulletin, but here's one or two right here. We talked last week about sheep not being the smartest animals that were on the earth, and it's still true today. Uh, when they get this way, like a turtle, they can't right themselves. Uh, that's called being a cast sheep. And when they get that way, they'll flail, and sometimes they will be, but unless a shepherd is there to take care of them, they're goners. This explains uh, the thought behind the parable of the 99 sheep, the one that went astray. Shepherds could search for hours for a sheep, because they might be in this position. They might be a cast sheep, and they'll go, and they'll rub their belly, and they'll rub their legs, and after a while, until they're asleep and getting numb, shepherd will turn them and they'll walk away. And that's probably what David had in mind when he said, he restores my soul. Because that's how God treated David. And as a sermon illustration, I would get down on my back and flail up, but I don't know if I could get up, so I'm not going to do it today. So I'm going to use those pictures. But Remember the old commercial, I've fallen and I can't get up. Remember that? Sometimes we're that way. Sometimes we get a phone call and it just takes the wind out of our sight. Sometimes we find something out about our life or somebody else's life. And when I got a call this week to, about the child before you the news, you watch the news, and sometimes you can feel just that way. And God restores our soul if we let it. The thing I love is what the shepherd doesn't do, and, and we can do this. When you see people really mess up and get in that cast position and weep and wail and flail because they've done something boneheaded, we might walk up to them and just let them have it right there. I can't believe you did that. You are where you deserve to be, and I hope you never get up. And then we might do something like that. We live in a world that will kick people when they're down. And God has not done that to us. And he will not do that. He loves to restore our soul. When you've messed your soul up, when you have gotten in that cast 
position because of something you have done. And if you got what you deserved, should it not have been a lightning bolt from heaven? But instead, the shepherd in various ways, through friends, through prayer, through scriptures, through loving people, can turn us around when we don't deserve that second chance. And I had my second chance many, many years ago. I don't even know the number I'm on. In the Gospels we read and we see the love that Jesus showed towards sinners. We see how he restored Peter's heart after he even denied him in his darkest hour. And Jesus restores my soul. It's a beautiful picture of what the shepherd is willing to do for every one of us. If you've had your soul cast down and been on your back spiritually, and I know you probably have, or emotionally, God, if you're there now, God's ready to restore you, lift you back to that position that you need to be in. That's what God wants for us. If we look back over our history, we see that we have been cast down, perhaps, by guilt over past sin. I had a friend in uh, Henryville, Indiana, that was guilty. I mean, and, and he's almost celebrated in that deal. And he, his answer was, God can't love me. I've done too much. I've, you ever met those? Maybe you've been there. God can't love me. I've done too much. I've been too bad. It was beautiful to see him when he finally figured out that God didn't love him. But for a long time, he was a cat sheep. Maybe there's grief over a loss. I know another man that had a child who didn't make it. From that day forward, he was mad at God. Just bitter, angry. And I hope one day he gets out of that position. For years he's been the cast position. Maybe it's sickness in your body. Remember when Job was so ill and he had the great friends that came and told him to curse God and die. He didn't do it, but I've seen people blame God for all things. Life happens. And times get tough. And sometimes we, well, find ourselves in tough situations. 1929, Georgia Tech played USC in the Rose Bowl. During the game, and you've heard the story, and some of you know more about it than I do, a player recovered a fumble and got confused about directions, and he started running the wrong way. Um, so the other team was just letting him go, and his teammates ended up tackling him. And then it was halftime. And if you've ever been in a locker room, sometimes it's not a lot like prayer meeting. <laughs> sometimes people can be a little cruel in the locker room, and all the team was here, and this one went over. Here. Now, 1929, they might have a little bit, been a little kinder than if that would happen today. And he was sitting here with a towel over him. The whole time, just sat there still with a towel over him. And the coach is talking to the team. And when it was time for the second half, the coach said, All right, the starting 11, you're going back to start where you were. That included this boy on the defense. And he went up to the coach with the team and left through the tunnel. Coach, I'm not going back out to 
field ever, not just at an ever. I've embarrassed the team and I can't face the crowd. We're told the coach put his arms on the player's shoulder, his hands on the player's shoulders, and said, get up and go back to the field. The game is only half over. That's a good coach. <laughs> Doesn't God do that to us? You've still got more time. Get out there, and I'll be with you. So all of us know in our own way, and we all have our own stories, that God is there to restore our souls if we let him and we've all needed it. <coughs> David wrote these words that make so much sense in Psalm 103 when we remember the position that he was in. David said, His unfailing love towards those who fear him is as great as the height of the heavens above the earth. And he has removed our sins as far as the east is from the west. David had to be grinning and giggling when God inspired him to write those words for us. Boy, he needed that, and all of us do if we're honest. And we can be forgiven if we simply ask the shepherd to lift you up if you humble yourself. The next part of verse 3 says, He leads me in the path of righteousness for his name's sake. I love your story. And led you together, and he's going to benefit from that. And that's pretty cool. And he should benefit from all of us being led together. The Bible clearly says there are two paths that we can take one leads to God, the other one to destruction. Daily, we can choose the right path. Proverbs 14 12 says, There's a path before each person that seems right, but it's in, in death. Looking out for number one seems right, doesn't it? Christianity teaches you third. God is first, and others are second, and then you. Sometimes the paths are difficult. But he will lead you for his name's sake. God promises he'll always lead us and always be with us, no matter what we're going through. A first grader stood in front of a classroom to make a speech. Remember those speeches, what do you want to do when you grow up? First grade class, and he, when I grow up, he said, I'm going to be a lion tamer. And I'm going to have lots of fierce lions, and I'll walk into the cage, and they'll roar and show their teeth. He paused for a moment, thinking about what he just walked into, and he said, but of course, I will have my mommy with me. <laughs> Sometimes we feel like we walked into a cage, but of course, we have our heavenly father. He will lead us in the path of righteousness. And because of that, we know that anything is possible. Talked to a friend this week. I did his wedding a little over three years ago. He was a pastor at a church down the road from me and single all of his life, lifelong bachelor. Wanted to get married. God wasn't that mad at any woman, and so it didn't happen. <laughs> and some things happened at the church, and he loved it, and he loved the community, but it, it was time to go. And so he moved, and wasn't real happy about it until he got to the other church. He met his wife after 57 years. And they've been married three years now. And it's interesting. Had he not followed the leading of the great shepherd, who knows what might have happened. He will lead you. 
My friend Clay, verse 3 ends with these words, for his name's sake. He'll lead you and you can trust him because he's doing it for his name's sake. So he can show off through you and through your situation and through your life if you let him lead you. As a sheep, you and I have opportunity to glorify God with the lives that we live. It's important that we trust the shepherd. It's important that we follow the shepherd. And it's important that we please the shepherd for his name's sake. I didn't know anything about Jennifer until nine months ago when Jane put her on the prayer list. And while I just met Jennifer and her husband, I think wonderful things about them. I'm more impressed with God than I am with you. Because and you've showed off in your life and given glory to him. Look where you are today. Look what this has done to your prayer life. Anything you've been through for his name's sake. We have an amazing God. Let's pray.